Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2014 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me always is James. James. With me always too is Brad. And we are broadcasting live from the Colorado Symphony for superheroes on ice, and it's going to be quite spectacular. We're on the stage holding this whole show up. Yeah. Like the symphony can't even start playing because we're. Well, Brad's conducting it. Um, I'll be playing the trombone. Guys, stop bothering me. I'm trying to get this right. It's timing. <laughs> I, I will be doing the trombone, and James will do a percussion, but it's that one little... That's Ryan playing the tuba. What's the what? thing where you just hit with your hand? <laughs> <laughs> the tambourine? Tambourine. There we go. That's what James plays. It's so I, stupid, I, I, I can't do. even remember its name. I play, no, I play a mean tambourine. I do. You know, I'm going to talk to you guys about a comic book I got at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics a little later in the show. Yeah. If you go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics and get part of their hold slot, which is basically you're getting a subscription to a comic book, you get 20% off your comics. Plus, they board and bag them for you. So you save 25 cents there, too. So you basically save 75 cents by going to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Sweet deal. On 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard, Arvada, Colorado. Check them out. Tell them the real nerd sent you. Say hi to Andrew. Andrew's a comic book guy. Oh, man, I want to go Last there. time I was there, he was sick. Aw. Yeah. With the, did he die? No, he didn't die. Oh, good. What kind of question is that, asshole? Did he I contracted make sure. something from all those old comics he touches? Like there's some like 80-year-old disease? <laughs> or maybe it's from all the nerds bags. that he deals with every day that come in <laughs> unsanitized. Yeah, I never sanitize when I leave the house. I know. But, you know, we put up with you because we like you. <laughs> also, you can log on to tweakedaudio.com, pick out some of their sweet earbuds, get a third off your whole order by typing in real nerds at checkout and the coupon code R-E-E-L-N-E-R-D-S. One word, and you will have great-sounding sounds coming out of your iPod or Android device or tablet. I still haven't replaced mine since they broke because I just haven't had time to get on the Internet. Um, you're, you're my, life on just, my life just sucks. It, my life has sucked for like three straight weeks now just because I don't have tweaked audio headbund, earbuds. She's complaining a lot. First world problem. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had time, but I've been playing my PlayStation 4. And, oh, uh, that's why it doesn't have any money to play, get some new yeah, earbuds. I right. wouldn't need that much. They're tweaked out of your earbuds. Because <laughs> he gets a third off his order. I guess we never. I, I guess we do. <laughs> we, we take advantage of our own special <laughs> <laughs> discount. <laughs> of course. Hey, what are you going to do, right? Uh, here at Real Nerds Podcast, every week we go see a new movie. This week, me and James are the only ones who saw a new movie because it was Slim Pickens. We decided it to go was. see Best Man's Holiday, and we'll let you know how that went. <laughs> wow, guys. That's, that's a bold choice right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just kidding. Me and James went and saw 12 Years a Slave, and uh, stay tuned. Why? Because it's black? Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I only wanted to watch it so I could tell people I'm not racist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah. And then, then when you, you say something racist, th- yeah. then when you say something racist, you say, well, I've seen 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> I, I actually was texting the whole movie. I wasn't paying attention, but as soon as it was it's over, okay. I, I just stood up and went, I, I feel so good about myself. Ugh. Yeah, there was a there was a girl um, sitting in the movie with us who was like 13, 14, and she kept on texting throughout the movie. In the Alamo. This is the Alamo. N- no, 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 no. This was D-West. This was D-West. Okay. And she was... And then her mom came in at the beginning of the movie when it's like this uh, scene where the horrors of slavery and you just want to forget stuff. So this lady makes uh, uh, Platt. What's his, what's his real name? That's Laura Solomon. Um, yeah, like, yeah, Solomon. Fondle her and have sex with her. Yeah. And so it's like really weird when some little girl's like, Mom, I'm right here. Did you get the jujubes? And it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's just weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. There was something funny about Juju Bees. 
uh, that's the only movie candy I can think of right <laughs> now. I, don't know I know. Why. I know. That's why. Like and that's that, like a 19. 19- do they sell those? That's yeah, like I don't a think 1950s so. candy. And mm-hmm. yeah. man, really show my age. We also talk about comic books, and I have a comic book for everybody this week. Good. Um, movie news, stuff we've been watching all week, fan mail, all, all good stuff. Uh, thank, every, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, yeah, that's about it for us. See ya. I'll see you guys next week. Good show, guys. Oh, yeah. Good show. Right. Good show. Uh, no, uh, we start every show because. I love to inflate my ego with fan mail. Fan mail! Hey, Brad, what's our fan mail this week? Uh, again, no one really wrote in, but uh, Steve from the Alamo tweeted us a couple times about... I think you guys were setting yeah. something up? No, what? I was just talking to him about... Um, to Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird. Because okay, yeah. we and wanted to know whether or not... Quality. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Because it yeah. looked really good. It did. Um, it was, it was And it was a digital version, but... Yeah. And um, then Cora Facebooked us that she's catching up on the uh, old episodes finally, and uh, we're getting better. Yeah, she told us <laughs> every episode's you guys, getting better. You're getting there. Pretty, getting there. pretty good, yeah, Alexander. Not get, great. Get in there, champs. But pretty good. Um, we'll do some self-promoting then since no one really helped uh, sent us anything this week. S- November 26th at the Oriental Theater in Denver, we'll be debuting episode four of Real Nerds Pod Show. Yeah. Ghost, Ghost Trappers. Trappers. Yeah, oh, man, well. that was awesome. <laughs> Do it again. Is it sonically better? Can we both say it at the same time? Yeah, oh, so yeah. If we both say ghost, ghost trappers, trappers <gasps> at the same time. Oh, man. Oh. He just creamed his pants. He has a huge erection right it's now. It's weird. I usually have the headphones, and I just noticed that you have them. And yeah, well, I pushed them in front of you, and you just, like, scoffed at them. I was wondering why this you conversation gave me this dirty so much look. different to me. Because I'm not wearing the headphones this not week. Not wearing headphones. Yeah. So make sure you, you know, support local yeah. films and support us. Maybe maybe we can bring home <laughs> yes. the gold yeah. the gold medal this Specifically week. Specifically us. Did, uh, did you guys also get the message? We're showing From episode three at the Emerging, Emerging Filmmakers Project. Oh, no, I didn't get it. Yeah. Um, next Thursday, I guess, at this point. Um so that would be know, no day November twenty first. Is that twenty first? Yep. Yeah, yeah. November twenty first, uh, the Bug Theater. Uh, if you haven't got a chance to see it in a theater before, <laughs> come see <laughs> episode three, Rival Podcast, with a bunch of other filmmakers. Uh, Mayonnaise is in it. Mayonnaise is in it. Uh, Dana from Not Literally is in it. Um, uh, we're starting to get guest stars, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Next month, we've got Zach Eastman. Zach Eastman next in month. Ghost Trappers episode. And, uh, Taylor well, Hibbs next week, you Wilder. mean? Huh? Did I, say next? I don't know. My, you said next month. My brain has felt like injured <laughs> all week from uh, all the stuff I've been doing. Like, I cannot. But that's all right, buddy. That's all right. Yeah, do you want to hug? It's worth it, right? Yeah, in absolutely. The end, it'll be worth it. it you, you've grown as a person. I can see it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. I'm really proud of you, Brad. Thanks. Thanks, I, don't think, I don't think people say it enough, but I'm proud of you. I appreciate I, it. I really don't give two shits about you. Um, yeah. Speaking of supporting film, uh, like local film, uh, Ivan Pavletic, who we did an interview with. It's uh, one of my he's favorite a, interviews ever. Uh, he's so <laughs> badass. He's, he's like, <laughs> I escaped the war, and then I made movies and a stunt person. <laughs> but I like making movies. He's he's super badass. If, he's if, gotta, if I was making a villain like an Eastern European villain, I would cast him just because yeah. his voice is so awesome. He gets typecast oh, totally. like that and all the oh, yeah. stuff. I would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, why not? Matty O'Connor uses him like, like that. Like Jason yeah, Statham, dude. I would just do it because I'd get paid. Jason Statham's better than that. Anyway, um, not better than Ivan. I mean, he's uh, better than, say, he, well, than, well. than what he's been typecast as. Yeah. Um, anyway, Ivan Pavletic has got a film called Sane in 1976 that's coming out on December 5th at the Bug Theater, so go check that out as well. I think that's what he was talking to us about during Starfest. Remember, he's working on yeah. that movie for a long yes. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's good that it's finally going to be debuting. Well, December 5th. 5th? Yeah. yeah. That's right. We'll be there. Seeing it. 
Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I'm sure one but of us you, will be. You should but... be. Yeah. I mean, you, the audience, not you. I know. He's looking at me. He's like, you should be. You should be. You do it. You don't have anything important going on December 5th. Why what don't if I'm you saving kittens it? from a burning fire, James? I think we can let that slide. <laughs> Please. <laughs> well, a fracture didn't I, happen I, if you're I, saving kittens from a burning you fire. You saving kittens doesn't seem realistic to me. Uh, I'd probably let them burn. <laughs> and then I'd open the door with them on fire, and they'd be like, and there'd be little <laughs> fireballs running around. That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Bunch of little furry fireballs just like burst out a window, <laughs> and for some reason I'm just picking like cartoon faces on the cats, and they're like all terrified and <laughs> be good times. Um, you know, usually we uh, lately I've been mixing up the order because Brad got mad at me. I don't want to be slash film guys. We need to set ourselves apart. Let's not be slash film. I don't Please know what don't slash, film. slash film. I don't listen to slash cast just trust or me. slash film. Just trust or... me. The normal order of things is too much like slash film. Just trust me. Just trust me. Maybe you shouldn't say that. Then people are like, oh, I hate these guys. I'm going to listen to Slash Film. Yeah, stop promoting their shit on our film, shit. Fuck cast. I don't know Whoa. what it's called. You guys name check them in episode three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forever. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I told them how pretentious they are. Yeah. Anyways, here's Comic Book Corner. Nothing will do to you, fucking tracer! I'll take the chocolate around your dead fucking body! Um, since we're at a Denver Comic Con event, this is being sponsored by Denver Comic Con. Live. Back to back weeks, guys. We've been live at a, an event. Yeah. We're there. Bitch. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> we love Denver Comic Con and what uh, it brought to the city of Denver. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh, man, I can't wait. I'm it's gonna, getting so close. I mean, not really, but yeah, it feels it like it could be. They're starting to they're gonna start doing announcements next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they have to start lining it up, you know, six they, months. They're going to be selling tickets six months. soon. So, um, anyways, at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, I was um, just perusing the comic book section. And I knew of this comic because I'm a big Ed Brubaker fan of yeah. his Captain America run. And Steve Ipting is his was his artist um, on it, and they produced a book for Dark Horse called Velvet, which mm. is an espionage thriller set in the seventies, and it is badass. Dude, that sounds good. Uh, it's it's really cool. It stars a girl named Velvet, and she oh. is a secretary for this super secret British spy agency. And at the beginning of the book, obviously, one of their operatives is murdered, and they're trying to figure out why. And all the signs point to an, a former secret agent, but it doesn't add up. And so you think she's a secretary, but she's actually this well-trained uh, secret secret agent. And you just follow her exploits. In the first issue of her trying to solve this mystery, obviously, it's not solved in the first issue. She's uh, It keeps on getting more interesting as the book unfolds. The, the art is spent fantastic in it and it's well written um i can't wait for the next issue i'm, I'm not you i'm not a big um non-spider-man comic book fan no um, you're not but every once in a while there's a comic that comes comes out that i i get excited to read and this is one of them cool and so you should de- i don't know if you can get the first issue anymore um when i was at colorado coins cards and comics i got the last one. Oh yeah um so but i, I bet there's a trade uh, i'm sure at some point there will yeah. be Cool. Um, so if you ever see it, you might want to snap, it, snatch it up because it might be Dark Horse's next big, huge. <laughs> it might be the next R.I.P.D. Yeah, or something. Um, is it Dark Horse or is it Image? I think it's Dark Horse. It's Dark Horse. It's one of those oh, two okay. companies. It sounds Dark Horse. Yeah, I think it's Dark Horse. Um, so yeah, small print run, but the cover's really cool too. It's like canvas and the the velvet, mm. like the title is kind of like elevated Ooh. so when i was reading it, i kept on filling it. i'm like is this right yeah. is this, like, oh <laughs> this doesn't feel right but i feel like i'm touching the art's velvet. fantastic you should pick it up so um if you see it pick it up you won't be sorry it's really well written really well drawn really well colored 
It's a well done book. Sweet. That sounds good. I'm going to steal it from you next time I'm at your house. So I guess I'm going to pick um, for on, us to do stats, next. Box office stats. Come on, box no, no, stats. DVD releases. DVD releases. Uh, DVD releases. Oh, oh man. I have to return some videotapes. Because it's what I have pulled up on my phone. And it's really. No, you have Saga pulled up on your phone. No, I don't. What? Oh, no. Well, that's Come on, my get background. your head in the game, James. Um, this is actually a big week. It I is. didn't know it is. Um, the big one is Planes, apparently, uh, based on sales so far. But uh, Pixar, not Pixar's planes from above the world of cars oh gosh um still did well enough to get a sequel yeah, yeah it did. well next year mm-hmm. yeah and disney made the right move it's that's gonna go to straight to dvd things. but they made like 90 million dollars in the box office off of it yeah. that's that's like dane cook's main source of income now is plain sequels i would do it fuck it i'd sell out like hey, Jason Statham. Hey, no that's exactly what i think that dane cook deserves um the world's end comes out this week yes yes uh, yeah i'm really yeah, disappointed yeah, though like that. the the cornetto trilogy box art isn't that cool no it's not yeah. really it's it's i was um, hoping it'd be like like the the ice cream cone and they'd have like the movies wrapped around it or and something hopefully they'll still do that what this looks like is is the equivalent of well i mean it's the equivalent of the Shaun of the dead hot fuzz combo yeah. pack where it's probably like one blu-ray no we, ca- we verified it's two, two yeah, i have it it's two of them yeah, oh but case. it's it's two it's oh oh that's right you're right you're right um but still, like it, this looks like a cheap, like you know, hey, for those people who just want to pick this up real quick, kind of thing. So hopefully they'll put out like a really badass edition of it. Um, Where the Millers comes out this week. Uh, so you guys were, yeah, you guys like that's that funny. Movie, right? That's funny. Yeah. I, I still like. I still. I, I love when he breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so stupid that Jennifer Aniston's stripping. He literally looks at the camera, and shrugs, saying, "Meh, what are you gonna do?" Love it. Um, Crossroads Guitar Festival 2013 comes out this week. Which ah, is cool. The, hey, no, no, no. I, they're pretty badass. My dad has like 2010, and it's it's really cool. Uh, as long as you skip through all the John Mayer sections. Um, Two Guns comes out on Blu-ray this week. Oh yeah. Which, Brad, you missed that one, right? I wouldn't say I missed it. I would <laughs> say you missed it. I wouldn't say I've been missing work. <laughs> There's an office space in that for you. Oh, Good job, man. Brad. Uh, season five of Star Trek: The Next Generation comes out on Blu-ray this week, um, and then I think the last real thing is uh, the third season of Treme, uh, which I didn't even know that show was still on TV. So that's impressive. Oh no, Paranoia! Way down on the list. Paranoia releases this year, this week, which is the Harrison Ford, oh, Harrison Ford, uh, Liam, Liam Hemsworth movie. Which I wanted to see that. I wanted to it, see it. It's too. probably not good, but I wanted to see Lee, uh, Harrison Ford yell. Because he looks he like doesn't, he's, he's, he never plays a grumpy guy in movies anymore. <laughs> right. That's like all he does now. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, here's another one way down on the list is uh, the to-do list comes out this week with um, Aud- uh, Aubrey Plaza. Um, you remember that one? Yeah, that's did, like did the girl trying to that? lose her virginity. Yeah. yeah. I tried to go it? see it at oh, Cherry okay. Creek, but I, yeah. Cool. Well, this this week is now your chance. Um, I'm going to keep scrolling just in case. For releases. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing this on my phone, so and I, he's looking for two broke girls, the complete series I'm on looking Blu-ray. For, oh, here we go. Violet and Daisy comes out on Blu-ray this week, uh, which is one of those little indie movies where two girls kill lots of people from this year. Um, I'm excited so that, that Fantastic out. Mr. Fox is coming out on a Criterion edition in February. Yeah, February. So. Yeah. It's February. I think it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, I remember right? Cool. Well, I'll be having my own little solo mini date with Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> you'll find somebody, Brad, <laughs> oh. and you'll be like, "Suck this dick while we watch Fantastic Mr. <laughs> yeah, Fox." Yeah, stop motion animals. <laughs> uh, 
I love when it goes to the point of view of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Netflix is releasing so hard. <laughs> yeah, feed me blueberries. <laughs> Netflix is releasing a Blu-ray edition of Lilyhammer. Uh, so if you really liked Lilyhammer and wish you could own it rather than just having to pay for your Netflix subscri- subscription, now is your chance. You liked that show, didn't you, James? It was all right. I never finished it. You loved it. Whoa, whoa, now. Is the two now. broke girls of Netflix for you? Uh, no, no, no. Two Broke Girls is definitely worse than Lily Hammer. But I watched more of Two Broke Girls than I did of Lily Hammer. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. If I if I find a shark movie as I scroll down, we'll just talk about it in the next segment. Well, I did think of you right now at uh, Walmart for $7. You can get Two-Headed Shark Attack and Shark Octopus for $7 on Blu-ray. Oh, dude. I'm going to Walmart. Fuck this podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, it looks like there's a... Uh, you, you just reminded me that... Uh, so I got the Man of Steel Blu-ray mm-hmm. at Walmart because it had the steel book. Mm-hmm. And I put in the main discs, watch the movie, and then I check out... They have a few special features on the main disc. Yeah. And one of the special features is a full-length... New Zealand, like making of the Hobbit, like advertising New Zealand as a tourist attraction. <laughs> a special feature. You know, it's so funny you mentioned that. I think I was reading on Digital Bits, and they were talking about the extras, and uh, they said this this film would get great extras if it wasn't for the stupid Hobbit. Tri- like uh, they said, it has a Hobbit like special feature on it, but it doesn't have the Man of Steel trailers. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Definitely could use that space for some that awesome like trailer number three they had that. Totally or made me love any movie. of the ones with uh, where you know uh, Kent is talking or Jorel is talking. Yeah. And oh. I get that it's a, they're both Warner Brothers movies, so they're gonna have that stuff. But still, it's like I don't see a lot of movies or Blu-rays anymore that have that movie's trailers on it. Yeah, uh, they don't like if it, if it says trailers on it, I expect it to be trailers for other movies now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I never expected to be totally the trailers for that movie. Yeah. A lot of Universal movies now, if you're connected to the internet, you can watch trailer a trailer for your movie by connecting to the internet. Mm. I found that out watching Curse of Chucky again this week because my wife really wanted to watch it, and then she fell asleep halfway through it. <laughs> Had she not seen it? Didn't she watch it with you? She did not. Oh, okay. And then she's always like, I want to watch Curse of Chucky because I really wanted to watch The Hobbit. And she's like... She does not sound like that. She does. She's like, I want to watch the, the Curse of Chucky. She sounds like Chucky. <laughs> Let me watch Curse of Chucky, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. So uh, let's do some uh, box office numbers. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So Thor: The Dark World was number one. Cool. Sh- are you shocked, guys? Yes, utterly. I'm so amazed. Eighty-six million dollars in opening weekend. Pretty good. Yeah. Since it was thirty-one percent higher than Thor, <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't happen very often, um, because th- they're industry experts are saying right now that all these movies are just writing the goodwill that the Avengers set forth. I and disagree. Then, and then Iron Man 3 was so good that it's just continuing, like, the trend. Eh. Which can only be so much better. I mean, the movies are good, too, so... Yeah, like, I don't think that this movie is, like, utter shit that, you know... Yeah. I mean, they're not doing Avengers numbers, you know. No. Um, which, again, yeah. you're... But you're setting up for... This is this is why Marvel's so much smarter than everybody else. So you're basically having... Um, a two hundred and fifty million dollar commercial for Avengers two. Oh yeah, and, and then that's, that's, and that's part of it. Just Thor, and then you have Captain America coming out. They've they've made this whole series so much fun that if you want to understand what's going to happen in the next movie, you have to keep up on all this stuff. You know, it, they're they're basically charging subscription fees for Avenger movies, <laughs> um, which is brilliant. But as long um, as the movies are good, that's all that matters, oh, you know. Yeah, because totally. yeah, yeah. if the movies aren't good, then who gives a, when, a shit? And if if they can I keep love this cussing up. in the the symphony hall, <laughs> it feels really appropriate. Um, 
if they can keep this up at least through Avengers 2, then I think they'll be in a place where they could make a real stinker. And not that I think they will, but they could make they could get away with making a real stinker um, and still have their movies do well. I think so, too. Know, and not lose that momentum. But everybody loves the character so much, it'd be really hard for them to make a really crappy movie. Oh, they totally. They could make a so-so movie and still get away with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Box Office Mojo has all your box office needs to see how much money movies are making. Yep. This is stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I didn't watch too much this week. Me I actually, I, I rewatched, um, I've been rewatching the third season of Community, and I freaking love that show. I forgot how much I love it. Um, if you go to Best Buy right now, you get the complete third season for $9. Oh, man. So that's kind of a steal. Yeah. Um, but watching it, you just fall in love with Alison Brie again. I love that girl. <sighs> is that show on Blu ray at all? I don't think so. No, it's not. That's weird. Yeah, like it it's is. It's made in a Blu-ray era. Yeah. Because I have all DVDs of it. Yeah, I don't think you can get it. I, it's, uh, I don't think you can get How I Met Your Mother on Blu-ray either. No, you can't. You know what I hate lately is uh, they're making like only like complete series as DVDs. Mm-hmm. Like Futurama's coming out as a complete series, but you know it's only a DVD set. No, even though four of yeah. them are made for Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah. Like they should either have just Blu-ray or both. I did get really excited to, uh, a couple days ago at Best Buy. I didn't get it, but I was really tempted to. They have the complete series of Bewitched. On, it's on DVD, but it's only $35 right now. Are That's you a eight big, seasons are of you a Bewitched. Big Bewitched fan? I, do, I really love uh, the 60s sitcoms. I really do. Yeah. Whether it's Get Smart, Dick Van Dyke, uh, Bewitched, Andy Griffith. Are you going to I Dream of Genie too? Wings. Uh, uh, I wasn't a big a big a fan of I Dream of Genie. I was more I liked uh, Sam from Bewitched. Yeah. When I was sick and I watched Channel Two in Denver, KWGN, <laughs> I always would watch Product Bewitched, uh, Dick Van Dyke, and I Bewitched I, is definitely better than I Dream of Genie. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, so yeah, so I Dream, of Ge- cool. I Dream of Genie is silly, whereas Bewitched is some <laughs> plausible, serious drama. It is. I mean, I mean, witches exist. Genies are make believe. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Uh, so yeah, so community is really funny. Um, yeah. The season three is really, really strong, like really strong. Because well, that's the season where the Dan Harmon kind of knew they were going to fire him, mm-hmm. so he just goes insane. Yep. Like that show breaks every rule that it created for itself. Even like it's oh man, that season's great. So yeah, that was good. I uh, I watched The Hobbit, the extended edition. Which I don't re- know exactly what they extended because I haven't seen the movie in a year. <laughs> um, I, I can point to a few of them where I recognize. It's really weird. Some movies I can watch, um, like Hansel and Gretel. When I put, when Gretel. I put that in, I knew different scenes. Oh yeah. Oh me too. But when I watched uh, the Hobbit, I'm like, well, like I Feels know that longer. they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that when they're they're at uh, Rivendell, it's longer. Mm. Uh, they have a scene with the elves that they dance and sing and get up yeah. on the tables and throw food at each other. It's a little longer. Um, but, you know, I actually enjoyed this movie, seeing it the second time, more than I liked it the first time. Good. And I think it's because we saw it in the high frame rate the first time, and oh. it was really distracting to me. You think? Uh, yeah, I mean, when someone walks, like, really fast across the screen, it's really yeah. distracting. Oh, totally. Um, well, and that's what I said after, like, the second time I saw it was, I, was something similar, with, you know. I mean, it was also that... I think the first time I saw it, there was so much expectation and so constantly this question of like, how are they going to pull this off? And is this going to be good? And, you know, it, it's hard to get away from that the first time you see a movie like that. It's mm-hmm. so epic and has so much expectation on it. I felt the same it. way about Phantom Menace. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not a big Phantom Menace fan, but it's better um, when you remove the hype from it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the, the Hobbit is 
one, the Blu-ray is beautiful. I mean, yeah. it is so well done. Uh, Martin uh, Freeman as Bilbo is so cool, and he plays that character so well. In fact, um, when I get a new dog, I'm pretty sure I'm going to name him Bilbo, <laughs> just because I think it's funny. And uh, it, it just it's just well done. And I mean, re-seeing the the Cave of Riddle scene and stuff like that is just yeah. I mean, that scene to me elevates the movie. Yeah, and even uh, the scene where he saves uh, Thorin when from the orcs i guess yeah the only thing i don't like is why is a white orc a cgi character he's he's like half cgi yeah i know still Um, it looks it's it's one of those interesting things uh i've i've been digging through all the appendices which are fantastic oh yeah i watched like the first hour and a half of the first one oh man uh they they just keep going what i like too is how honest they are where peter jazz oh yeah i didn't want to make this movie (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah Um, he didn't want to make it Early on, I mean, he he came around and made. Obviously, he he wanted to make it by the time he decided to make it. But yeah, um, originally he. Swore but yeah, like right after going. the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. and even when they were starting the process, like that's why Guillermo del Toro was supposed to do the movie was because Peter Jackson didn't want to do it. Um, yeah, I knew that. And that's yeah. one of the reasons but, too why I like Peter Jackson's Blu-rays yeah. is because he's. I mean, when you get the appendices, whether it's on the Lord of the Rings or even like king kong where they have you know three hours of making of it he shows you you know the problems that he faces and yeah it's just not you know oh man peter jackson is such a great visionary <laughs> one of my favorite peter jackson special features is actually on the superman returns dvd where where brian singer goes to help peter jackson finish filming king kong um, yeah yeah uh but yeah there's really interesting little tidbits like um like that, all the goblins at the end of of that movie are all actually practical. Well, except for the ones that you know, yeah, in order to no, make yeah, get no, numbers of good. them, they're CG. But they're all actually practical. But then, because of there just being some problems with those suits, they then augment them with CG. And so I think it, it's one of those like one of my problems with that movie is it is how much of it feels CG. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched special features and I was like, oh, you you actually like tried way harder than anyone else ever has to make it not all CG and it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, so it's things like that that just are, are but it still works. Re- like the movie's better than I remembered it being and it's still fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I love seeing Bilbo's journey to become a hero and have courage and things like that. I, I enjoyed it. Um, and the last thing I saw this week, me and James went down to the Alamo and <sighs> we saw to kill a mockingbird. Now this is the second time I've seen it this year. <laughs> um, in like a, a course of a couple months but um and what was really fun about it too is your mother came with us yeah and she has never read the book or never seen the movie she and had no idea what she so was getting it's kind of fun to see that reaction you know what i mean yeah um because for those of you who haven't seen it uh or read the book like james's mom and even his his mom told me she said i don't know what was wrong with me because <laughs> you know you should have read the book you should have seen the movie and then i said oh you know I, that happens to me all the time too she says Ryan, I'm twice as old as you are. <laughs> I said, All right, uh, fair enough. Um, but I, I get where she was coming from. Yeah, and it is such a well done movie. It's so cute, and then it's so heartbreaking. Um, I, I love the movie. I really do. Yeah, it's it's one of the greatest movies of all time. And uh, Gregory Peck as Atticus is oh, so great. He does so much without saying anything. Yeah, oh, it's just it's just gorgeous. That movie is so. Perfect. I mean, uh, there's just not much you can say about it. Like you just watch it, and it's funny because especially watching with my mom, there were there were moments early on where like you're watching those kids, and yes, they're fantastic child actors who are doing a really good job of uh, because they're they're so like those, they really are young children. Um, 
like just the way that their performance feels very natural um is is great but you'd never really understand like well, where is this going like there was some yeah. point like 20 minutes in where i thought like my mom's probably sitting there going like is this just a movie where kids run around in the street like <laughs> what what's gonna happen you know and of course it's going to go to yeah and there's so so many great, great moments and heights. james's mother looked just like scout <laughs> when she was little oh my gosh it's, it's so weird it is. It's she looks fun. yeah uh, even the picture I sent you, Ryan, yeah. is not the the best picture well, for that. It's but you just, can see it, like have... the haircut and everything. Yeah, she's got the haircut, she's got the freckles, she's got that same shaped face. Like it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, there, there's standout scenes in this one. Um, my favorite scene is obviously uh, Atticus's closing statement. Yeah. At the trial, where he's basically calling um, simple-minded folk from a poor community that's going to blame a black man because it's convenient is one of the most amazing scenes in ever filmed in any movie. Well, and it's so complex because he doesn't even, he's not even just hating on them. Like the mm. first thing he says is how much pity he has for her. Yeah. Like he, you know, he understands why she's doing it mm-hmm. and, and he understands why, how she is trapped in this, this sort of society that she's been raised in. Um, and yet at the same time, he completely damns the whole situation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just fantastic. And of course it ends with one of the greatest moments in film. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you know, he stands up to leave and, and what, the whole the whole balcony. And what's cool to, about that, too, ugh. is I think why it works so well, too, is, you know, Atticus doesn't acknowledge him. Like, if he would yeah. acknowledge him yes. and made it like this huge hokey moment. Yeah. It would have well, undermined. He can't the, because in, in what part of what is so great with Atticus is that in his mind, he failed. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was still some hope, even though he says, like, I knew we were going to lose this. Like, you know, that there was still some hope in him that he was going to pull it off. Yeah, uh, oh, and then I, I love the scene too, where he's standing guard on Tom Robinson at the at, at the, the jail jailhouse, room. and he's just sitting there reading his book. He brings a lamp with him, and you know the lynch mob shows up because they're going to drag him out and kill this this guy. And uh, little Jim is told to go home, his little boy, and he says, "No, sir," and he just stands there all no, proud, sir. yeah, like he's with like, him. You've got to be kidding! Me. And then Scout doesn't understand what's happening, but yeah. she understands what's happening. And it, it's wonderful. It's one of the most most well written scenes. Yeah, you know when she looks out at, at Mr. Cunningham. Mr. Cunningham. Yeah, well, she, like, I go to you your remember school. me, don't you, Mr. Cunningham? I go to with the school with your boy. <laughs> you brought over those those acorns, and I I went and got Atticus for you. <laughs> oh, so man. it's great. What else you watch this week, James? So if you haven't seen To Kill Him, you know what's cool though? That theater was almost sold out. A yeah. two hundred seat theater was almost sold out. I bought tickets wow. the day before, and it was almost sold out the day before. That's um, how. Influential. And also, let me very quickly say: so there was still going into this movie, and and for the last you know nine months or so, there's still been this part of me that like, you know, I'm I'm willing to complain about adults in the at the Alamo, but like when it's kids and stuff like that, and yeah, especially a movie like To Kill a Mockingbird, where you're like I understand, you know, it's black and white, and they're assholes. Um, like I, I, I was way too lenient. There were these kids that, uh, especially considering it was my mother's first time seeing this movie, uh, and they were sitting right down from her, and we talked about it at length. I, I will execute without prejudice anyone who talks know, or is start, disturbing in a movie. Doing that. I, I, it doesn't matter. It could be a child. It could be anyone. Because you know, I don't care anymore. You are a bad person, and I have no tolerance. When for I train it. people in my restaurant, and I. Say if you see something, someone do something wrong, and you say nothing, 
It's like you're saying it's okay. Ugh. So from now on, now you just Alamo, make me feel worse. So say now, something. Yeah, yeah, see something, you say, say something. something. Uh, so at the Alamo now, from now on, I just want to get that out there on the record, so everyone is warned. <laughs> you know, so that if I throw shit at your head because you're the worst person on the planet, you don't have to. You can't get mad at me because I said it on the internet, and now you know. Um, the only other thing that I saw this week uh, was a movie called "The Stories We Tell." It's a documentary by Sarah Polly. Um, who's an actress and comedian. Um, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Sarah Polly. Or No, she's not a comedian. She's just an actress. But she's funny. Anyway, um, and this is a movie about... Man, it's hard. Like, you watch the trailer for this movie, and it's so vague, and I know why. Like, I watched it, and I was like, oh, that seems interesting. I'll, I'll have to check that movie out. And now, trying to explain the movie, it's it's difficult. But basically... Um, at some point when she was younger, her family started like making this joke that maybe she wasn't actually her father's daughter and that she was the product of another love of an affair that her mother had. Um, and the story starts off just telling you the story of like her mother and father. Um, but it's all encapsulated in her going around and interviewing the people in her family. Um, She's having it's narrated by her dad reading a letter that he eventually writes to her in this whole story. Um, And and it just so happens that 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 letter includes the entire story. So it works perfectly. So like as he narrate or as he reads this letter, it just is a perfect narrative into sort of the point of the movie. Um, And what's it? So it's about her trying to figure out like what really happened and was her mother having an affair and who really is her dad and um and what does that actually mean in her family? Um, but at the same time, I think the movie is slightly confused and doesn't quite know what it wants to be because she also wants it to be about like the way that people tell stories about their own lives. And honestly, it comes off to me because the story's really pretty good. It's it's you know an interesting story, um, and some of the things that people say about sort of whether or not they think their version of the story is the most important. I think that's all really fascinating, but it also kind of feels like she doesn't as, as outgoing as she is being in telling this story about her life. I think she's also holding things back a little bit, um, by, by trying to encapsulate it in this very vague, you know, universal idea. Um, so it's like, it's interesting, but is not moving in the way that I was hoping it would be. She's Um, weird anyways. <laughs> I read an interview with her. Um, I think about that movie. Yeah, and it just, just, she's odd. It, she seems really she, cool. Um, yeah, but at I least mean, in, the, she, in the documentary, she's it in, she loves those weird independent movies. I mean, she hardly ever does. Yeah, anymore. like what you'd say ma- mainstream movies. Right. So she's always in those kind of quirky movies. So she always seems kind of weird to me. Yeah, um, but still, I think it's worth saying if you if you were at the Red Box and you wanted to watch a documentary, uh, I think it's a good way to go. Uh, but not as good as Salinger or, uh, well, just not as good as Salinger. Yeah. Very anyway. cool. Yeah. That's all I saw. Brad, did you see a lot of stuff? I did. And oh. my brain's so fried from doing freelance this week that I can't remember most of it. <laughs> like, I know I rewatched Man of Steel, Monsters University, and This is the End. And we've yeah. already talked about those. But um, last week, I forgot that I watched Movie 43. Oh, you did! Oh, wow! Which is free on Netflix, and thank that, God because that came out this year, right? Yeah. Oh my God! Wait, were you about to say thank God because you would never pay a dime for it? Yeah, if I had paid a dime for it, I would have been really like upset. Really? <laughs> it's it's the crazy thing is like you watch the movie and it's it's like an anthology, like a horror anthology, but for comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's built around Dennis 
Dennis Quaid, yeah. He's wow. writing this movie script, and he's selling it to um, Greg Kinnear, who's like the studio executive. And so he's telling about you know, all, all the vignettes are these plot points in the movie. Um, and they're all really not really connected other than you know this overarching pitch thing. Yeah. Uh, but you'd think that a movie that starts out with uh, Hugh Jackman as a guy going on a date, and he has balls on his chin, like anatomically, like that's where they grew from. <laughs> is this would ha- like have a funny payoff idea? But like all the vignettes are too long, and there's just something about the execution of them that's just not funny at all. Does it feel like her. it's all set up and no punchline? Like is it all? Is every skit something like that? Where it's like, what if a guy had a balls on his chin? But then there is no what if. It's just like. Guy has a balls on his chin. Yeah, maybe it's the fact that they just kind of go for the punchline right out of the gate. gate oh. that, that's what you mean. But I don't really know how to describe it other than it's just like, um, it's just yeah, it's not interesting. It's not funny. It's wow. And there's tons of cameos from famous people who are funny. It's <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's the most bizarre thing that you're just watching. Like, oh, this would be a funny skit, like in my head. But watching the execution of it, you're just like, this is boring. What's, wow. what's, is it all why different is it directors too? I think so. Yeah. I don't remember. I know Peter Farrelly, I think, does the Dennis Quaid the pitch one. Yeah. Um, huh. But. Because uh, I know, like, from the trailers, it looked like it was going to be funny. Um, yeah. yeah but. <laughs> a little boy in Spider-Man. There's one scene where That's Emma awesome. Stone is, like, at a grocery store. And she, she, uh, he, I guess she had a relationship with the guy behind the counter. And so they're talking about, like, they broke up, but they're talking about it over, like, the intercom. <laughs> and they're just, like, saying dirty stuff to each other that just, it's, it's not interesting. Wow, an Emma reason. Stone thing didn't work for you? I know. It must have been horrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, and, you know, if I would have saw Hugh Jackman with balls on his chin, I would have fucking ate that up. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's gags, like, you know, he's eating his soup and, like, the <laughs> balls dip in the soup. And it right. goes on for a while. And, like, he's, like doing stuff like it I, I got a spot on my or kate kate winslet's the girl he's on the date with so she's <laughs> she constantly naked? pointing out like you got something over here he's like where no she's not naked what um <laughs> is she yeah. even in the movie <laughs> huh is she even in the movie yeah that's what i just said i know we but should, she's not naked we should try to find how many movies kate winslet is in and <laughs> is not naked in them uh it's less than i can count on one hand so anyway, that's the unfunny thing that I watched this week. And then uh, <laughs> most of the other time was spent, I, I want to highlight, I want listen to this podcast called How Did This Get Made? Oh, and yeah. It's amazing, especially the Punisher Warzone episode, which has Patton Oswalt on it and the actual director of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was a woman. I didn't know, didn't know that. And she just talks about, like, she comes from, like, thoughtful indie type movies. And, you know, she did, she did for a paycheck and she understands it's bad, but she, she was trying to... Uh, like she made the movie the way it was, just to say, like, highlight how ridiculous the premise was. So, like, I haven't seen it. Have you seen I, it? Oh, it's terrible. Wait, Punisher or Punisher Warzone? Oh, sorry, Warzone. Oh, Warzone. okay. No, you okay. said Warzone. I think. Okay. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, did I? Yeah. I yeah, must I have remember. just immediately started thinking of the good Punisher movie. Yeah. Yeah, Warzone, the one that's basically just. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that one. Incredibly cartoonish and comical. Huh. But she like overdid the violence and stuff just to like, like that was the draw for her was. You know, socially, it's just like how. Yeah. Look at how ridiculous this premise is. Look how ridiculous this over-the-top violence is. That's why I want you to see. But instead, it just comes across as like a shitty movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. And the, there was someone else who. Uh, nah, never mind. Forget it. I don't have that thought complete. So, yeah, that's what I watched this week. <laughs> cool. cool. We all watched different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did also see. Uh, I rewatched Pacific Rim. Um, and I had more fun with it the second time. And mm-hmm. I mean, I liked it the first time, but, you know. Um, oh, I forgot that even came out. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah just a couple on weeks Blu-ray. Ago. I mean, yeah. I knew it came out, but it was one of those. I, I watched it with my folks because they hadn't seen it, and and the whole time I'm watching, I was like, "How did I let you guys not see this on the in screen on in, or in the theater?" Like, it, oh man, it's just so huge. And that monkey That's dude jumps said. out of the water. <laughs> That's the sound it makes in my head. Anyway. Very cool. Unspool the real news, James. From the entire Channel 4 news team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. There's not a lot this week. Yeah, did um, you see the thing where Terrence Howard blamed Robert Downey Jr. for him being out of Iron Man 2? <laughs> I, I saw that this morning, yeah. Yeah, I posted it on, um, on our, Facebook, our page. Facebook page. And basically he's saying that the only reason Robert Downey Jr. got the Iron Man job was because of him. It's, and then when time came around for him to make more money in Iron Man 2, Robert Downey Jr. said that... Took all his money. Took all his money <laughs> for him. That's what he says. It's one of those things that, like, even if it's true, let's just say it's true, you never say that. You certainly never say that when the studio that you're talking about is making ooly gobs of money. Oh, like, that too. And I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that because he's my favorite actor, but he is no. probably the biggest actor in Hollywood right now. I mean, he makes the most money. His Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah Robert Downey Jr. Not Terrence Howard. <laughs> not Terrence Howard. That's what I mean. And two, if I had to pick a weakness of the first Iron Man, it would be Terrence Howard as James Rhodes. Uh, my, mine, if, if I were to pick a, weak, uh, a weakness, it would be the final action scene. But Oh, yeah. Um, still. Really? It's not yeah. that bad. It's not that bad, but it's not... It, it's one of the things I'm that Marvel is... get re- you, Tony. Continually you not very yeah. Awesome. Um, I mean, but yeah. Don Cheadle is so much better. I agree. I agree. But I, but I also think that Terrence Howard doesn't have a lot of room to do anything in that movie. Um, so you know, t- Terrence Howard could have been just as good. My Quit point taking is, Terrence Howard's side. No, it's Robert Downey no, Jr. No, 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 nobody. No. You asshole. My point is, what's wrong with him saying this isn't that he's wrong and that should he should have been re- uh, removed from that movie. He's wrong for saying it. Like, he should have kept his mouth shut. And I also don't believe it's true. I don't believe that sneaky, carpet-bagging Robert Downey Jr. snuck into the Marvel offices and was like, write over this check from Terrence Howard to me. I want Because yeah, this, this is the same guy who refused to come back for more Iron Man movies unless they paid the, the other Avengers characters more. Like, I'm sorry, but those two things contradict each other. Well, that, and the, yeah, like his whole idea where he said... That he got him the Iron yeah. Man part? Like, wait, what? It, it sounds like, you know, the wimpy kid in school, yeah. like, trying to make an excuse like, for they himself. Ca- they cast him as James Rhodes first, and then they came yeah. to him, hey, Mr. Howard, who would you have as Tony Stark? Because <laughs> you're going to have so many awesome, dramatic scenes with him. Like, we really need this to be somebody that you can bounce off of. And uh, Robert Downey Jr., first call you need to make, bro. Yeah. <laughs> have they yeah. been in it? I don't think they've been in anything together ever besides Yeah, because they're just Iron so man. close friends, man. They are. And, he call, and that's he how he ended Robert. the interview, too. He said, oh, we're cool, bro. Yeah. <laughs> if I was Robert Downey Jr., I'd be like, motherfucker, I have so much money now, I will blacklist you <laughs> yeah. on every... Uh, every oh, that's horrible. Uh, Inappropriate. Oh, no, man. like, the blacklist is, like, you know, scripts. No, that, we know. Yeah. yeah, we know. Okay. It's, cause it's only black. inappropriate if you think it's, it's inappropriate. I think he's half black, though. We're reviewing 12 Years <laughs> a Slave. Everything, every time you say that word, it's going to be inappropriate. So I just thought it was a funny article. Yeah, and no, no. Someone who seems like more bitter than Edward Norton, who was straight up fired, yeah. <laughs> for being a butt knocker on The Incredible Hulk. Um, well, we we don't necessarily know he was being a butt knocker. We know that oh, Joe Casado no, doesn't you like. You know him. what? You should. I I I should have posted this. I'll I'll find this article where it's an interview with the director of American History X. Oh yeah. Oh, he goes off on Edward Norton and how much of a prick he is. Oh really? Because Edward Norton didn't like how he edited the movie. Oh, yeah. So Edward Norton went back in and he re-edited the movie to better suit his 
dramatic ability. Oh yeah, it's it's a really interesting article, and the dude wow. just he says, and he did the same thing in the Incredible Hulk. Like he went in and re-edited the movie and told him how to shoot scenes and. Oh man, I hadn't heard that. I yeah. just knew that Joe Quesada didn't like I'll, it. I'll, I'll find it. I'll find that article for you. It's really. I just read it because it is a 10th anniversary of American History X or yeah. 15th or yeah, whatever it is. Oh my god, it's you guys, Chewbacca's 15th. here. What are you? Well, you're not talking about me, are you? <laughs> oh, and, dude, yeah, that's and a, no, the cosplay showing and up, not you guys. An attractive Leia. Whoa, 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 whoa! She's gonna listen to this. Stormtroopers and Jedi on the way. Yeah, that's a really oh, that's good doctor. That's a really good Chewy. Side of Jedi. What? What? Yeah, she's good. Uh, there's cosplay players here at uh, the symphony because you guys can't see what you're we're talking about. Yeah, well, let's just describe what's so, happening. Uh, so what's there's the, a cage. <laughs> what's the real news, James? Oh, I got uh, all mad because someone scorned my boyfriend. <laughs> oh man, um, I, we'll just do this in no no good order. Uh, FXX, you know that channel? No, I've never seen it. Yeah, well, anyway, maybe you will now that they have spent seven hundred and fifty. Million dollars. Pause for the Austin Powers for a second. Million dollars uh, for the syndication rights to The Simpsons. Wow! Doesn't FX isn't that owned by Fox? So they're paying themselves. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how that part works, but somewhere somehow, three quarters of a b- billion dollars changed hands for it. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I read an interview with Jennifer Aniston. And she said, um, she, because everyone was up in arms when they got paid a million dollars an episode. For the last and she years. said, I don't know why everyone's so upset. I make three times as much from syndication every year yeah. on it. So she, she, at a time, she was making a hundred million dollars a year yeah. from syndication. So if you hit that plateau, you're. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's ridiculous. And if you're given all access to the 26 seasons, I mean. Of course, they wait until, uh, shoot, what's her name? She just died last week. Um, she was one of the Marshall voice actors. Is that who it was? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just died last week. Yeah. They waited until she died so they didn't have to pay her. She's fucking dead? The estate um, of Marsha Wallace will get the yeah, checks. I know. But still, <laughs> any time, we don't usually talk about silly deals like this, but any time that three quarters of a billion dollars changes hands, uh, pff, man, over something like that, like, when something, you know. Well, they that probably make their money back or they wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Star Wars is sold for five billion, two billion. Yeah, but that was... More than just Star Wars, that was Lucasfilm. The what? That was that was the whole Lucasfilm catalog. Like that was, you know. Well, well, yeah. yeah okay, well, what's yeah, twenty-two yeah. episodes times twenty-six? I mean, that's. I don't know. It's over six hundred episodes. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a lot of. So content. you have a lot of programming. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be the new. Uh, they're going to be the. Um, the cops. Of, yeah, exactly. Of Esquire, yeah. even though because FX used to show cops all the time yeah. back so before they had still a G four channel. They just I know. Had Simpsons reruns. <laughs> all night. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was also an article this week that was really interesting, but we don't have internet here, so I can't really give you any of the details. Um, that basically just pointed out the fact that there was a study that showed that there is a much higher rate of violence in PG thirteen movies than in R movies. Um, because, of course, in PG-13 movies, that's how you get your thrills. You know, this has always been uh, a sore spot between, well, not us personally, but us to everything else, is that the what what draws the line in, in violence? I mean, you're watching The Walking oh, yeah. Dead on TV where zombies are pushing their head through, you know, chain link fence. Yeah. But if you oh, show, yeah, a, you can't show a boob. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's so bizarre. You can't so show, so show something pretty and if you're not awesome. showing blood spewing, then it doesn't matter how many people you shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, and uh, 
Yeah, Brad, you just watched The Man of Steel. I mean, that's pretty violent at the end where he's going through buildings and all these people are dying. And Well, no, it's a... Because he's going through buildings, but there's like you don't really see anyone in the buildings. They're all out on the street, running around, looking up. Like no one gets like stuff they're dropped on them. <laughs> no one, Nobody know, gets their neck broke. Zack Snyder said yeah, that they're no going to deal with that in the Batman Superman movie. Yeah, where Bat, uh, they said estimated five thousand people died, but then it makes that little zinger at the end of Superman, where he's like brings a satellite back down to Earth. He's like, quit spying on me. Yeah. I guess it didn't bother him that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I need to watch that. It's still sitting wrapped. On my coffee table. I need to watch it again. Yeah, it's a crazy thing. And, you know, it's something that I've been talking about for years now um, that basically what needs to happen is we need to just do away with the MPA altogether yeah. and have, have a system that does not rate movies. There shouldn't be ratings. There should just be a box on the back, exactly like we have now, where there's a rating and then a box that tells you what the content is. Exactly. And then it should just tell you in good detail where it says, like, hey, I mean, I'm not saying like 13 people get shot and 14, you know, yeah. not like that, but. Tell me whether or not it's super gr- gratuitous or whether or not it's you super know, graphic and like have there be a breakdown somewhere. It would work somewhere. if they did it like the video game industry. Video game industry polices itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's well, no Every law. industry but movies now yeah, police There's themselves. no law about s- selling a mature rated game to a minor, but you can't go into GameStop, Kmart, Walmart and yep. get a mature rated game because everybody knows. Yep. And that's why the MPAA is not necessary. And it has so outgrown its welcome in yeah, the industry. Yeah, and it's antiquated. It's, it's just like the comic code. You yeah, don't need it. It has it's broken... Stupid absolutely broken itself so yeah now it's it what it's done is it's simply divided up content between sexual content and violent content and violent content gets put as pg-13 and sexual content gets put as r or or ooh nc-17 if it's two girls um and and no that's it like it's it's just insane um yeah because you don't need a rating system you're right you just have the box that says this movie contains graphic nudity violence Right. Strong language, yeah. Throughout, and then not, you don't, you, so you know, and maybe maybe like, say on there, like if if it is above a certain level where it should be, where traditionally, and I'm talking like in the '80s when R actually meant something, um, maybe on something stuff like that, then you say like at the bottom, like not suitable for you know young children or not suitable for children under the ages of yeah. eighteen, something like that, uh, like um, a big M on it that says seventeen plus. Yeah, but <laughs> you know well, I mean? but even then, even then, like maybe that's a rating, but. N- just get rid of the rating system entirely because the problem is that the rating system has become commercial. Yeah, they no, make I agree. money. If it's PG thirteen, it makes them all the money. So no one makes R or PG movies anymore. It's either G and they make all the money, or it's PG thirteen and they make all the money, and that's like all they're actually looking at. Um, it's just it's just insane. Well, too the, there there is too that uh, strong prevailing thing where. Uh, Movie studios can say, "Well, this is you know, this is Iron Man, so it needs to be PG." It's going to make a lot of money, guys. Like, like this uh, movie needs to be okay. PG. Th- oh, okay, yeah. yeah one yeah. of my favorite arguments is is Friday the Thirteenth, the first one, had to have seven seconds cut out of it, so it'd be an R rating. But people were such in arms about it that they butchered every Friday the Thirteenth afterwards. But then you watch something like, have you seen Hostel Part Two? No. It was fifteen years after. I don't know. A, Friday 4 or something, there's a part where a girl literally disembowels a person and the blood and intestines and stuff pour on her. Yeah. And you're talking about, I mean, not even that big of a difference in years-wise. Yeah. And so that's why it's so subjective and it's so stupid. Yeah. Because it's, it's based on the uh, what what else is happening. In, in, you know. So as as movies like Hostel get worse and worse, then yeah, you can do, you can do everything that's in The Dark Knight that I still stand by should be R. You can do all of that uh, in in a movie that's PG thirteen and way more, um, 
I mean, when you start talking about stuff like The Walking Dead on TV, TV is just different. Like, the f- the fact that you can just do that stuff is crazy. Um, man, American Horror Story is doing it now, too. I know. Well, American I mean, Horror Story's had, like, some real good... Uh, <laughs> there was a recent episode where she slices a dude down the middle, like, uh, at the end of Evil Dead from this year. Hmm. Like, and I was like, holy shit, this is on TV? Man. Well, I was watching, you know, Community Season 3, and they say dick in it a bunch. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I don't care. I think it's funny. No. It's as just, long as the people going into the show know exactly yeah, what they're getting. I just think it's so but, bizarre uh, how much it's changed, because on Dick Van Dyke, you couldn't even say you were pregnant. Yeah. They couldn't even sleep in the same bed. Yeah. Well, the no, rabbit no, no. died. Oh, yeah. No, in that one they died. <laughs> no, they couldn't sleep in the same bed. Yeah, yeah. That was the one where they still didn't. But you saw their bedroom. It, it was a big deal. Yeah. You saw them in a bedroom. Well, in Carl Reiner talked, too, that uh, when Mary Tyler Moore was in the tub with her toe stuck, that was so titillating. You never saw her, but the idea of her naked in a tub mm-hmm. was, ooh, ooh, ooh. Ah, I'm, I'm still excited. And now you see side boob all the time. It's great. <laughs> what else you got for us, James? <laughs> uh, very last thing. Uh, we have to talk about Bad Kid. Oh, I don't Bad know how Kid we can. Amazing. I don't know how you we know, that can was get on, to the It week. was on Fat Man. I mean, Hollywood Babylon like three weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really caught on. And, you know, I posted on my Facebook feed, like, there's this picture of the little kid in the Batman gear, and he's, like, sprinting down the street. So and the cool. people in San Francisco are, like, cheering him on. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Because, yeah. you know, they're taking something that is special to this kid, and it's, like, a special day. Yeah. And that they were able to put it up, and all the firefighters and policemen that worked on it. And, I mean, it's just really cool. And yeah. then even, this is how badass it is. Even, like, the president sent, like, a Vine message to, like, the Bat Kid. And it's just... It's badass. It's, yeah. And the kid's so cute, and he's only five. And to see him flying a helicopter and just the Lamborghini Batmobile. Oh, yeah. Dude, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny because at work, uh, when, um, like at lunch, my boss was looking at pictures of it, and he turned around, and he's like, I saw a picture, and it looked like he was. It looked like they just painted a cab black and then put the symbol on it. I was like, that's lame. Like, what? You know, and then I realized, like, nah, even, even if it had been a cab painted black, it still would have been freaking amazing. Um but then, of course, yeah, it's a friggin' Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah. Like, the thing is just ridiculous. But, I mean, the story's badass. Like, oh, the kid was so picked good. up and flown to a helicopter where Batman was, and, you know, you need to help me find the Riddler. Yeah. And, you know, they go to, like, uh, I think it was AT&T Park, and there was all these clues there and all these people that needed help. This girl who was tied in the street to, like, a toxic waste. Well, because well, she was on, um, there were, like, light rail tracks. So yeah. it was like she was tied oh, the to trolley, a train track. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, the trolley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh man, it's just what so a much great fun. story. Yeah, absolutely. If you haven't checked it out, I, I think it's the uh, San Jose Mercury Times has a whole article in it, and it's it's really good. Yeah, they got a couple and so of hats off yeah. to the Make a Wish Foundation and everybody that helped that little boy have that's his dream best. come true. That's the best one. So and I far. seriously like, I get like teared up like reading it because the little boy is so excited. And the, one of my favorite pictures in the San Jose article is at the very bottom. Besides one where he's sprinting and the people are cheering him on is uh, he's sitting with Batman, and Batman's lifting him up, and he's all cheering because he beat the Riddler. I mean, yeah. stuff like that, you, you just can't put into words. And can we just do that in every city yeah. for, like, 15 different kids? Like, how much work could it actually take? Yeah. You know? It's, I mean, yeah, you'd have to get a Lamborghini for... But not really. It doesn't have to be Batman. I mean, no. if it's some little girl and she likes Wonder Woman or something, get oh, Wonder totally. Woman. Oh, yeah, Buffy. Buffy. <gasps> <laughs> that would be sweet. Oh, man. Can I, can I help? Right, I'll help. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll let. I'll let. I'll be staked by a Buffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, cool. that's news. Awesome. Nobody died. Nobody died this week. Well, I'm sure someone died. Just no one famous, so we don't care. Yeah, or I wasn't paying attention. Uh, 
this week, me and James saw 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. So should I, t- should I take a break? Yeah, yeah. You can take a break if you want to go get something to eat. Well, yeah, you definitely want to take, take a break when we're done with it. Um, James, should people go see 12 Years a Slave? Oh, man. Why, how, how have I taken, like, all week I never thought about that question? Do you want me to start it? Yeah. I think people should see this movie. One, it's really well done. Um, it is not an easy movie to watch. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's sad. It's uplifting. Um, it's, it's a lot of things. It's a, it's a very well done movie. And what, it, it's another one of these movies that Captain Phillips, that you see that it's a true freaking story that is a horrible story. Um, so, I mean... All he has to do is say whether or not some people should go see the movie. Know, and he God. just goes on and on. <laughs> on and on. Uh, yeah, I do think people should go check it out. Um, it, it's really well made. I, I don't think that it's the best slavery movie. Um, it's, it's one of those movies that feels like it's, you know, it's touching, but it's never moving. I didn't walk out of it and be like, oh, man, I'm so inspired by mm. this. Like, oh, it's so good. Um, especially in the same week that we went to see uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Is it, is it, weird? it is like To Kill a Mockingbird is transcendent. Yeah. Whereas this movie is like, hey, this is a really interesting story about all this stuff that a guy went through. Um, and, it, and it is really well made and interesting. But when it was over, I was like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. um, I just don't, it's not a movie that when I think back to the slavery, his story is not going to be the one that I think. Really? Of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, uh, here's a trailer. It, it, oh, go ahead. You're, well, I was just going to say, it's going to have to do a lot to do with the villains in the movie, which we'll have to talk about after the trailer. So, All right, cool. Here's yeah. a trailer. I want to ask you what part of the country you come from. I originate from Canada. I guess where that is. Oh, I know where Canada is. I've been there myself. Well, travel for a slave. Solomon Northup is an expert player on the violin. I was born a free man. Live with my family in New York. Be good for your mother. Until the day I was deceived. To Solomon. Kidnapped. Sold into slavery. Well, boy, how you feel now? My name is Solomon North. I'm a free man. And you have no right whatsoever to detain me. You're no free man. You're nothing but a Georgia runaway. We're down to the river Jordan. And that servant that don't obey his lord shall be beaten with many stripes. That's scripture. The condition of your laborers, it's all wrong. They're my property. You say that with pride. I say it as fact. Drink! Man does how he pleases with his property. You come here. I say come here! Days ago I was with my family in my home. Now you tell me all is lost. If you want to survive, do and say as little as possible. My soul arising. Well, I don't want to survive. I want to live. I thought you know something. I did as instructed. There's something wrong. It's wrong with the instruction. Master brought you here to work. Anymore, I'll earn you a hundred lashes. I know what it's like to be the object of Master's lash. In his own time, good Lord to manage them all. I will survive! I will not fall into despair! I will keep myself hardy till freedom is opportune!
Interesting. I, I, I see. We differ on the views on this. I think it's an important story to tell. I, um, I definitely think it's, well. Here's because a, part of it is I knew this story because they teach it in like high school and college they do. history courses. And what's it's just fascinating to see someone so well educated and um, I don't know the the. the the opposite sides of the same country where in the North he's well respected as a mm-hmm. musician and looked upon with, you know, dignity. And then he meets those two guys who promise him money to go play in a circus or something. Yeah. And he, he accepts. And when he's in Washington, DC, they drug him and well, somebody drugs him. Yeah. Um, it's vague, but yeah, you pretty much know that those guys kidnap him and then he wakes up chained up basically sold to into slavery and yeah. uh, so a free man's put into uh slavery and um it chronicles his life i was really fascinated after watching the movie i went back and kind of looked up you know his story and mm-hmm. and things like that and um it, the movie stuck pretty close to it um yeah. i mean he meets it, it's it's kind of a because it's an independent movie ish i think it's fox searchlight yeah um, i think so they have a lot of big actors in it who play kind of small roles in it um paul giamatti's in it and he's really like weasley his, yeah his scene's good um he's in it for a few scenes everybody's scenes are good yeah uh then he sold to benedict cumberback yeah. and uh and the girl who was texting in the movie got really excited when she saw him uh, she oh my gosh she like heard squealed. her be like oh benedict and you're like, you're like, you know, he's a slave owner in this movie, right? Yeah, right. He's not, he's not really Benedict Cumberbatch. He's gonna whip our main character, like you know, that's coming, right? So, um, so he's sold to uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's character, and he actually turns out to be not a terrible slave owner, which sounds yeah. really weird to say. Yeah, he's one of the most interesting characters in the movie. Yeah, I think, because, because he's. He's actually really respectful. I think when... he's a lot like some of the people around that time because I've I, I read history a lot, and some of them. Um, weren't didn't necessarily agree with a slave, but, but they made so much money off of free labor, and that's how they made a living. That they just yeah, and it, it was the system in place, and they didn't really believe that there was anything they could do about yeah, it. It yeah, was yeah. like, well, yeah, it's too bad, but this is the way it is, and we can at least be civil about it. And and by being civil, they thought, well, that's enough. Um, so like, there are these really great scenes where Solomon sort of you know, proves that there's that he is capable of mm-hmm. doing some things. And Benedict Cumberbatch's character is really respectful and, yeah. and, and really looks out for him. And uh, Paul Dano, who does his usual, like, I'm a crazy bastard but he's, uh, he's I think he's kind of forgotten about He's really good in the he's, movie, he though, is. Yeah. where he's singing that song, and I will not sing. But like, uh, <laughs> it, it, I think they tried to make you uncomfortable, but they let that song going so long it kind of got annoying. Um where he was like singing it over while they were working and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the actual, besides uh, the guy who plays Solomon, what's his name? Chitwell. Uh, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Uh, he's really good. Is uh, Michael Fassbender. Yep. Who plays a drunk, horrible slave owner where you see mostly both sides of the coin. And the reason that Solomon is sold to him is because he whips Paul Dano's ass because yeah. Paul Dano's... Try, basically trying to get over on him and say, you know, yeah. hey, I, I, you didn't do this. He wants to assert himself. He assert himself, and Solomon won't let him. And at the beginning of the movie, you know, one of the slaves says, you can't say that you're smart because they'll hold that against you. Yeah. And at first, Solomon's like, I'm not going to change who I am. I'm, I'm going to be smart, and I'm going to tell everybody. And um, as the film, as he's sold to Fassbender's character, he, uh, 
he breaks him, and he decides that he's going to be stupid because if he's not stupid, then like Fassbender's character is horrible yeah. and just a ho- piece of shit, and his wife's not any better. No. Um, Played by uh, the woman from American Horror Story. Um, yeah, she's really good. She was. Uh, Man, when she th- when she throws. Oh, sorry, you're. Yeah. Doing a- well, I was going to say here's a scene with Michael Fassbender uh, giving it to the people he works with. Whoa. That's it. They're not looking his direction. Continue on. That's it. Found him, Master. Brought her back just as instructed. What'd you just now tell her? What'd you say to Pets? No words were spoken on a consequence? You're a liar. You're a damn liar. I saw you talking with him. Tell me. I cannot speak of what did not occur. Oh, Master! Black! Bro! Master! You come here. Master, I thought... Master, come here! I brought her back, just like you... Come here! Master! Master! I got it, just as instructed. Master! You stay away from Pat's boy. I'm not sure if that's an APK, but we'll, I'll look at it afterwards. If not, insert certain scene here. <laughs> Um, oh man! You're making it so much harder for me. I know. Well, I'll look, I have my tablet with me. I'll look it up. Uh, pretty oh, much, we don't have internet. Pretty here, much though. every scene, no matter what's happening in the scene, if Michael Fassbender is in it, he's giving it yeah. to the people who yeah, are put it in there. Like now, now the phrase "giving it" could be used in many different ways. Yeah, well, I was saying like yelling, but he also he also whips gives them it. and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, one of my favorite characters in this was actually Brad Pitt's character. It's so funny that Brad Pitt produces this movie and then is like. Yeah, I'll give you a bunch of money, but I have to play the only not racist white guy in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, I, again, I looked it up. He's, He's a great. real person. That oh, yeah. guy's a real guy. Um, obviously, you know that he eventually earns his freedom because he wrote the book, 12 Years a Slave. Right. Um, and how he... Not dis- the rest of my life years <laughs> yeah. a slave. Uh, he tells a sympathetic Canadian, played by Brad Pitt... Uh, first, he's, he's afraid to tell him because there's a white guy who works on the farm and... Um, well, yeah, because he's... He's been he's been lied to sort of before. betrayed yeah. before. So, but then you know Brad Pitt eventually gets him out. But uh, just back to the overall you know analysis of the movie, I, I thought it was really good. I think um, Steve McQueen's an interesting director. Um, Shame is an interesting movie. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like um, sort of sur- not not quite surreal, but but getting close to it. Like these moments yeah, where he'll yeah. break the fourth wall. I think the one that stands out the most is there is this really long shot of of uh solomon standing in a field but it's a close-up on him and he's just looking and most of the time he's looking right at us mm-hmm. um and it's it's things like that or or like you were talking about before where paul dano's singing that song and then we cut into the next scene uh it's these things that he does that make you feel like he's trying to break things up and control the pacing yeah and make it make the pacing as slow as possible so that you kind of get the feeling that long periods of time have passed yeah. without him ever saying like three years later 12 years you yeah know. i think you're right um, and too you know uh, there's a couple scenes that were i didn't like i didn't like the close-ups of the uh steam 
ship uh, paddles spinning. I thought it was kind of obnoxious. Uh, And I mean, the shot when it came out of him was really cool, but it stayed on him so long that like sound is is really obnoxious. And I think sometimes um, that's why I said he's an interesting director. I think sometimes he might get in his own way. Yeah. Um, Like you said, you know, he's just staring at you. Um, But then he does some really great shots. I mean, there's one of my favorite um, shots in the movie is when Solomon is telling that one girl to quit crying and it's just this one long continuous shot of him going in and out of this uh, cabin and he's throwing his plate and stuff and it's really well done. I think it's the best scene in the movie. Yeah, that's a good I, one. I think it's the most interesting character scene in the mo- movie. I think that it's... Because it, honestly at that point I had forgotten that Solomon had kids. Yeah. Um, so when he starts yelling at this woman, and you're like, "Why are you being so like like you you understand why he is so frustrated with her, mm-hmm. and that you also understand like where she's coming from when she's like, "Why why don't you feel this way? Yeah. You know, like you're in the same boat as I am. Um, it's just a man. That's a fantastic sequel. And then you know, and two, Solomon knows that if she doesn't shut up, she's going to make her life actually worse. Yeah. And she no. doesn't, and she ends up... I don't know what happens to her. It but. works It works from both sides. Like, Solomon is right. She needs to cut it out. Mm-hmm. Um, she needs to find a way to move on for her own benefit and for the benefit of everybody around her. Um, but then she is also right because he's he comes off as very cold mm-hmm. about the whole thing. And he's um, he's not fighting anymore. You know, at that point, he has sort of given up, and he's not even trying to get his old life back. Um, it's just, it's really interesting, and and that is, I think, the, the 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 scene that the most sort of sheds a light on some of the aspects of that time in in history that maybe we don't see very often in movies. Um, my problem, my biggest problem with the movie is actually Michael Fassbender's character, really? who, yeah, I think Michael Fassbender is great, but I think that especially by comparison to Benedict Cumberbatch's character, who is really dynamic, Michael Fassbender's character is just an asshole. Um, And so it's so easy to vilify him in the same way that you would vilify Hitler and just sort of say, like, yeah, that guy's really bad, and look how evil that guy is. Um, That I don't think it adds much to the conversation. See, to me, he came across as really pathetic. Um, You know, he's always... um, drunk, and he's always trying to find Patsy, and he's always, like... uh, He was trying to fight... Um, you know, Solomon, but Solomon was kind of playing games with him to keep him off of Patsy. And um, so I thought he was actually more pathetic than. Um, yeah, but. I, and like, there's an interesting thing, too, where you found out that, like, Patsy gave birth to, like, a kid of was his. And I, I guess they just didn't care back then. Like, he had a black kid, whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I understand that. But, like, you still, when you see it, like, oh, yeah, they just didn't care. And that's, I think, the hardest thing with me. <laughs> about these movies too is I don't think that way. Like I don't understand yeah. why you treat people that way. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's unusual. Um, well, and what's interesting about that is that, that at the time, no, they didn't care if you had a kid with a black kid, but that black kid still a slave. Yeah. Um, so like as much as he liked her, like he still, owned well, her. yeah, even how much he loved his, you know, his Patsy. I mean, he was horrible to her. Oh yeah. So, oh man. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. The, yeah, when, the whipping scene, like the whipping scene when she throws that, that bottle at Patsy. Oh man, that's one of the oh, most yeah. shocking moments in the whole movie. Um, Out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's one of those things where I feel like it, a movie like it's. Uh, well, I hate to keep going back to this, like To Kill a Mockingbird or To, to Kill a Mockingbird or American Gr- History X, that I think transcends the idea of racism and just becomes about hate and about the way that 
that sort of our circumstances can force you into hate. Um, this movie to me still ends up just being about racism mm. and just ends up being about slavery. And it's a great story and it's so interesting. And it's a story that people should hear and it's a really well-made movie, but it's a movie that at the end of the year or, or, you know, the next time it's on TV, am I going to watch it? No. And not just because it's sad, but because I've seen it. Yeah. You know, um, it's not going to stick with me in the way that like the really great American history X stuck with you. Yeah. Does. I don't like that movie. I I love that movie. I yeah, really Laura love loves it too. I you know it's one of those movies. I just I, I understand what I was trying to do. I just meh. Yeah. I, I guess the same way with you. With Twelve Years a Slave. You know, it's I think Twelve Years a Slave is a far superior movie. But you know, it's teach their own. That's why we watch movies and everyone has an opinion about them, right? No. Now, if you I've, tell me you kill a mockingbird sucks, I'm going to punch you in your face. Yeah, I don't even want to talk to that person. That person's <laughs> a crazy pants. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, next week we'll be seeing. The sequel to one of my top ten movies from 2012, and that is Hunger Games. Oh yeah, Catching Fire. Do we have tickets yet? This girl is on fire. Um, I looked at Emlo; they don't have them for sale yet. All right, but I'll get them because my little niece wants to go. Cool, that'd um, be fun. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. I'm 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 genuinely looking forward to it. I'm excited to see my little niece see it. Yeah, I like the first one. I like Jennifer Lawrence a lot. Um. I can't wait to see American Hustle because David O. Russell might be my new favorite oh, director. Oh gosh, I hate him so much. <laughs> He's just especially the worst. Uh, Lily, Lily Tomlin has such a smart mouth, and he really put her in her place. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that video of him? Just, no, like, what? Oh, you haven't screaming seen at oh, Lily this Tomlin, is like, like this screaming is like Hollywood uh, classic now. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen one of his movies. I don't. I don't. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, it's from. Um, which one is it? Oh, it's it's from I Heart Huckabees, right? yeah. yeah. And yeah. and he, uh, Lily yeah, Tomlin and Dustin Hoffman are on set. And and she, he's just being an asshole. And she just yells at him like, are you fucking kidding me? You know. Uh, and the whole the whole exchange is just fantastic. And it's it was the first time that I saw a video where I was like, I don't think I like David O. Russell. <laughs> and then I started watching his movies and was like, yeah, I definitely don't like David, Rus- David O. Russell. His playbook was pretty good. Yeah, it was, except for the way it's shot. I think it's shot beautifully. I don't. I don't remember. Well, that might be. Not I have him, it on Blu-ray, and then my brother took it like the day after I got it. So, yeah. You know what's really bad is uh, oh, what's that Christian Bale movie he did uh, where Christian Bale's a heroin addict? Um, Fighter. Oh man, mm-hmm. Fighter's a horrible movie. What a piece of shit. <sighs> Film explosions about what six weeks away? Yeah, six weeks away. 2013. I gotta start making a list. Yeah. Check oh it twice. yeah. I still got a lot of movies I got to see in the next six weeks. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. There's a lot of movies coming out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Inside Lewin Davis, getting real close. Oh, yeah. I'm I really excited. can't wait for that one. Boring. Oh, you're the worst. You're the worst. Oh, it looks so good. Man. James's favorite time of the year is like these dramas at the end of the year. I'm it's like, true. I can't wait to see superheroes fuck th- stuff up. I, I, hey, I, I'm, I get really excited for that stuff, too. Except that this year, most of them were disappointing. False. Anyways, to see more of our opinions, stay tuned for Film Explosion 2013, which will probably be the show we record after Christmas, because I don't think there's a movie that weekend. Yeah, probably. Well, unless we see some... There's so many movies at Christmas we might do... We'll, we, we'll have to work it. We'll, 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 yeah. It'll be at the end of December, early yeah. January. Either the last week of December or the first week of January, it'll go up. Um, yep. And that means uh, we don't have anything yet, but next week... Pay attention, and we'll start having details about you getting us your top ten lists, because um, that'll be a thing. Yeah, and there will be prizes this year. There will be good yeah, prizes. Yeah, this year. we always have prizes, you know. And make sure that you guys jump on board, because sometimes we get prizes from celebrities and 
things like that. You know, um, we got this year alone, we got copies of The Perfect House from the director of Perfect House starring Jonathan Tierston and um, signed comic books by the artists so we get some we have some cool shit to give away yeah quick hint if you live in denver you definitely will want to send us your top 10 list hint hint until next week i'm ryan this has been my show my everything bye fuck this bye. guy bye. Fuck bye. this get guy it. fuck everybody I'm you got, you got brad to say bye yeah. i did it thanks oh, guys man. bye bye Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.